Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Wednesday to you and welcome inside the Property Squad Studios at WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. Hump Day edition of The Grind right here. And and Lord knows we're trying to get over the hump as of yesterday as, as the Vols drop the basketball game to the Aggies last night of Texas A&M in uh, less than dramatic fashion. Uh, not necessarily what you want out of the Vols. Uh, a five-point loss to a team that you probably should have beaten by five or more. So uh, I think you're, you got a little bit of question asking to be done, but uh, the, the game go- went like this. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of ebb and flow and more, more of the flow for Tennessee as we couldn't seem to get out of our own way, couldn't get the rebounds, and Texas A&M just kept churning away. And uh, despite shooting only in the 30s, percentage-wise from the floor, Texas A&M defeats Tennessee 63-58 based on a wide margin of differential in the rebounding category. 16 second-chance points to Tennessee's three. Uh, you You just don't win a ton of basketball games that way. But the tail of the tape went like this. Despite three balls scoring in double figures, Tennessee fell. 63-58 63-58 to 58 Tuesday night in TBA. The contest featured seven lead changes and a season-high nine blocks for Tennessee. Junior John Fulkerson had the leading score as 15 points for the big man and a team-high six rebounds. He plays hard every night. Six time in seven games that Fulkerson scored in double figures. Bowden had 13 points on a on a helter-skelter night, there were times when he looked really, really good and, and almost unstoppable, and then moments when he slid back into old Jordan Bowden that we've come to know here in the last month or two. Uh, Eve Pons had a double-digit scoring night, 10 points on the night, but a bigger night, uh, double-digit blocks uh, for Mr. Pons as well. The Aggies uh, were, were led by freshman Wendell Mitchell, 23 points on the night. The Big Orange held... A&M to 30.4% shooting and 14 turnovers. But the Aggies out-rebounded Tennessee 46-21. to And again, as I said before, 16 second-chance points. Could not overcome uh, those deficits if you're the Big Orange. Both teams started slow, but Tennessee went on a 5-0 run to gain its largest lead of the opening half, 14-6. The Aggies then went on an 8-0 run to tie the game back up 14-all. But the Vols responded with back-to-back dunks from Eve Pons and Josiah James to put Tennessee up by four. But A&M closed the first half and managed to take a 25-24 lead into the break. And and I guess denial is a good way to put it, uh, possibly. I, I don't know really what you say about it. I, denial is where I'm going to put myself. I'm like... That's fine. A&M's really bad. We're going to figure this thing out. No problem. Well, it was a big problem. The Big Orange scored the first eight coming out of the, uh, out of the gate of the second half. 
Three free throws from Santiago Vescovi, a three-pointer from Eve Pons, and a layup from Fulkerson. Put the Vols up 32-25, to and I'm like, all right, cruise control. And exactly that's what happened. Aggies kept things close, continued to grind, and continued to pick it away. And Texas A&M went on their second 8-0 run of the night uh, later in the second half and took the lead 40-39. to This was with nearly 10 minutes left to go in the game. I'm like, okay, we're still good. Again, I, I think I'm more upset with myself that I let this thing happen again. Because I'm like, ah, we're good. We're good. But with less than a minute left in regulation, Bowden climbs Tennessee back into this thing, knocks down a big three-pointer. Really nice. Looked like vintage Bowden to tie the game at 53-all. But the Aggies got back into it with Mitchell, their team's leading scorer, hitting a three-point shot, falling away from about 30 feet. Ended up being the game winner right there. But that was the tale of the night. It wasn't about just moments and, and, you know, runs and different things. It was about knowing how to get a rebound, knowing how to take a possession away, and knowing how to just score when you need to score, getting a really good shot and knocking it down. You know, and I think that's that's part of the thing that Tennessee fans and myself, I'm just talking to me pretty much, have to begin to realize is this isn't Admiral Grant Jordan Bone or Josh Bone Jordan Bone sorry get the brothers mixed up Jordan Bone or Kyle Alexander this isn't that team Tennessee's gotta gotta get there again and 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 I'm kind of it's weird because you watch social media last night and there's some that are just staunchly off the off the grid you know that that this is this is atrocious this is blah 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 and don't get me wrong it's embarrassing even if we had a one last night, getting out rebounded forty six to twenty one, that's embarrassing. But the thing is, the thing is, is you know you, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, freshman led to A and M as well, and I know that's where this is going to go. But Tennessee at any one time had three freshmen on the floor, at least. I think a few times they knocked it down to two when they had. Uh, Pons, Bowden, and Fulkerson all on the floor at the same time. They just had two freshmen out there. But the majority of the time, when Kumaw came in for Fulkerson or when when uh, Plovsic come in for for you know for for Fulkerson, you go to three freshmen or four freshmen. And, and here's the thing: whether whether A and M's good or not, they've been in a college program for multiple years. So so we we're ripe for the picking. Because we don't take press very well. They had length on us a little bit. Most of the game down low. And it's kind of a double-edged sword. You you can't not play Fulkerson because he's playing so hard. And, he, and, and, of course, he's pacing a team for the most part in a lot of categories. But he gives up a lot of size. And, and I think A&M was able to capitalize on that. I thought they were really good. And, and Buzz Williams, man, you talk about a guy who – from afar, I've always just kind of, I don't want to say been enamored with him, but I have, you know, kind of, I don't know. I, I've always thought he was Mr. Cool. You know, when he was at VT, he did some things. He was at Marquette, he did some things that I'm just like, you know, that guy's kind of a fighter. I mean, and, and, and as a Tennessee fan at any sport, you kind of like that mentality. You're like, huh, 
it could work. And you kind of jot his name down in a, in a in a secret place just in case like things ever open up. But you know, he he had his guys ready to play. He I thought he did really good on inbounds plays. I thought he did really good when he took a timeout when they came out they were better. And and that's just signs of good coaching. And and I think it's it's just they catch Tennessee at a good time. You know, last year's Tennessee team beats this A&M team by 30, probably. I mean, it's probably not even close. You know, if they had the option to have a running clock in the second half, they would have done it. Last year, this that t- Tennessee team versus this A&M team, they weren't that good. Tennessee just, if I've ever seen them hit like a freshman wall, last night might have been it. I, I felt like a lot of players, once we, we came out and, and – had a 7-0 run and took a lead there opening the second half. I saw a lot of breathing. I saw a lot of, whew, like, there we got it. We finally gapped it. We're going to just ride this lead on out and, and take this victory. And Texas A&M started thumping on that head. That's what happened. They started playing a little physical. They started pushing the issue. They started pressing on defense. And, and I thought Tennessee didn't handle it well. That's been the M.O., for these young players all along. And it's something you can't fix, I think, in season. It's going to be really hard to manage making someone tougher or making someone fearless in season. So I think that's that's going to be a that's going to be a gamut that Tennessee's going to have to stretch for for the next several several weeks, uh, you know, leading into the end of the season. Now, you know, and Rick Barnes in his opening statement of the postgame presser said it's it's pretty simple. When you give up 23 rebounds uh, and you, you only get three yourself, offensive rebounds, you only get three yourself, it's not – you don't really deserve to win. Uh, and that's what I told our guys. He said, the fact is we guarded the way we needed to, we just didn't rebound. It's disappointing in a lot of different areas, but the fact is at the end, when we needed to come away with some rebounds, we couldn't do it. And again, three offensive rebounds are not what you got to do. I thought we got off to a good start, and then we had a couple of turnovers that turned the momentum. And then we even came back and took the lead. Simple things, but mostly offensive rebounding, uh, and we couldn't come up with a finish on the defensive end. So I thought Rick Barnes was pretty clear, uh, pretty cut and dry on, on what he thought uh, what he thought he needed to do. And uh, and and I think he's going to go back and work on that. Not a not a ton of time to fix things as Mississippi State comes to town uh, Saturday night, licking their chops if they watched that game last night, uh, because Mississippi State's a, a lot better basketball team than A and M, and and they do a lot of uh, they have a lot of length and a lot of speed that's going to battle these freshmen uh, early, early and often. Uh, but I, I thought a, a little key piece was right there at the end of the game, Barnes looked furious with the officiating, especially the little trip call on Fulkerson that basically, I don't want to say iced the game, but it did put a guy to the line to push it to two possessions that could have been, uh, could have been a tit-for-tat uh, situation there at the end. But uh, on the officiating, uh, Coach Barnes said, Bobby Knight, uh, Coach Bobby Knight told me a long time ago, the officials are going to miss seven to nine to 10, 11, 12 calls and keep going up every year. He said, you just hope they aren't egregious at any point in time. But you know what? I really have a lot of confidence in the SEC office and that they're going to look at that. I believe they'll look at this game and take it apart. Again, I think they'll do that and it shouldn't happen in any way, shape or form. And I like to say what I want to say. But I won't because I trust the SEC office 
will do the right thing. I thought it was pretty interesting. Oh, there was a, a little bit of altercation between one of the officials and Coach Barnes. And uh, Coach Barnes is standing there in his normal spot, you know, arms on his on his side there with his elbows poked out. And uh, and the official just walks towards him. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's going to have a conversation with him, whatever. Well, he was going past him to the booth, and he kind of checks him. Like, Barnes doesn't move. I don't know if he expected Barnes to move, but he literally bumps shoulders with him. And then he looks at Barnes like, what'd you do that for? Like, did you hit me? And Barnes basically, you know, again, reading lips, I was just standing here. You ran into me. And and and, and Barnes was completely stopped. I mean, there was no, like, he's walking, the, the ref's walking. I don't know. I think sometimes TV Teddy rubs off on a lot of people, and uh, and that guy seemed to have his own uh, agenda going as well. But I, I thought there was a lot of good questions. Um, y- you know, Vescovi just had four turnovers uh, in the past three games, uh, so I think he's turned a corner. Barnes said, I think that, but I think he's going to have to play a quicker pace. I think he's going to have to get the ball down the court quicker. People are going to continue to pressure him until he proves uh, what he's wanting to do with that. Uh, so I thought that was uh, that was good. Talking about Urosh, uh, why he didn't get more minutes, and he said defensively uh, that he's going to, to go in and create some things and rebound the ball. That's what he needs when he, when he talks about needing to earn the coach's trust. All we need is him and Olivier to do right things and defend the way we want them to defend, rebound the basketball, and, and and with their size, uh, you know he he's got to be a fix it guy, clean it up, get it out to a good shot, and then when things break down, you got to go make a play. So uh, I think both Olivier Kumwa and Euros Plavsic, those are guys that are going to be a lot better uh, after this season. Unfortunately, you got to mud through and you got to see what they're going to do, and you got to put them out there. But uh, you, you know, I think uh, you, you know I I don't know. I think you've got to let them see what it's going to be like and almost test their grit a little bit and make them ask themselves that question, what do we got to do to get better? And I think from that, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of growth out of this uh, out of this basketball team. But one question that I really thought was good, and it was kind of the final question for Coach Barnes, it said, if he did he feel like his team was outfought tonight? Uh, he said, tonight, that's what I felt throughout the game. That's what's disappointing. Whether you say out-toughed, out-fought, you can put any word you want to put on it. The fact is the rebounding discrepancy tells you all you need to know. I've already looked at some clips on it. Again, I better stop with it. But the fact is we didn't do what we needed to do. That's the bottom line on the rebounds on the boards. So uh, I think think he understands. And, And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, uh, fans and 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 I'm gonna lock myself into this. I was like, this is disgraceful. Like this is terrible. Like this is ugly. We've got to look at a lot of people tomorrow and say, yeah, no, we were favored and we didn't do it. But I, I think you, you also got to look at the flip of the coin. You know, this is this is a team that that continues to to take these beatings and continue to get looked at in in a negative light. And you got a lot of young people. And some of these guys aren't going to take the pressure well. Some of these guys are not going to like that they're getting coached as hard as they're probably going to get coached over the next few days. Because I will bet you Saturday night we rebound a lot better. Because things just don't continue to fall apart mostly 
with Coach Barnes. I mean, it's it, it's like the turnovers. It's almost like shifted focus. We've started focusing on not turning it over. Now we can't. Now we can't rebound. So now you know we'll try to find a happy balance there, and we by meaning the coaching staff and Coach Barnes. But you know, I think I, I think you gotta you, you gotta understand that it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's an embarrassing loss. Yes, it's it's one that you you don't you didn't want to have on the schedule. And honestly, trying to even think about an NCAA tournament, which I think that that conversation's probably done now. Um, I think you've got to you, you've got to understand what you gave up and what you got. You know, not that any of these players aren't capable. It's just you know, six months ago they were in high school. You know, eight ten months ago they were in high school. You know, a month and a half ago, Euros Plovsic wore sweatpants to every ball game. You know, he was he was the timeout guy. You know, he he he's very little little minutes uh, on the floor. Olivier Kumwa, I mean, I think he has all the physical tools, but I think he's got to get a little tougher uh, underneath. And then I think uh, you know Josiah James made made some spark there uh, early in the basketball game, but he's got to he's got to contribute more. And then Jordan Bowden, you know, I think a second leading scorer, but in a in a losing effort, I don't know that you put that on your resume. Uh, Jordan Bowden, when when things matter, uh, he's got to continue to be that leader that we can go to. I mean, I, I think a year ago it was who were you going to give the ball to because it didn't matter. But this year, you you almost want to push it to him, and I I just I don't know how well he's handling the pressure. But uh, Tennessee, nonetheless, uh, falls to A and M. Tough out. As they lose by five, probably should have won by five or more. 63-58, to 58, your final. A&M improves to 10-9, and nine, and Tennessee falls uh, by one on, on the season. Looks like their, their record at this point sits at 12-8, and 8-4 eight, eight and four at home, 2-3 and three away, and 4-3 and three in conference play. The bigger stat there is that uh, it continues to make the next game a, a must win. I think Mississippi State's in that category. Uh, you got to take care of business on these early runs because you still got to play Kentucky, you still got Florida, and you still got another matchup with South Carolina. You've got Auburn. Uh, there's there's matchups down the road that uh, if you don't get tough now, uh, you'll uh, you'll feel it come those games because they're gonna they're gonna beat you up pretty good. But uh, Tennessee nonetheless falls to A and M, twelve and eight the new record, and they look to rebound on that no pun intended but let's take a break listen to our fine sponsors the 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 kind of meat of the show today is going to be the the super bowl preview where we're going to knock down the top five super bowl running backs today of all time we talked quarterbacks yesterday a little discrepancy between myself and jeff mcintyre we'll see if uh, anybody gives me a little feedback on my picks for running backs as we move along. But we'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. 
Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Then call the only realty team I trust, the Property Squad. When I moved into the area, they sold my old home in 13 days and got me the greatest price on my new home right here in Maryville. Specializing in Blunt Knox and surrounding counties, Deborah Welly, Sherry Paul, Keith Paul, Bill McLean, and Tressa Lickwire make up the dream team of Property Squad and are always working to make the home buying process quick and easy. When it's time to buy or sell a home, remember to call my team, the Property Squad. For more information or to speak with an agent, call 865 865- 983-0011 or visit propertysquad.com. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. As the demand for a more skilled and technologically advanced workforce has grown in Blunt County over the last decade, a driving force to get more young adults trained to work with our local companies and businesses is the Blunt Partnership. The Blunt Partnership has created working relationships between the public schools and industries to develop education initiatives that prepare an upcoming workforce with the skills needed for them to succeed and build a career. To learn more about these strategies, log on to BluntPartnership.com. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, TheGrindOnSports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online. TheGrindOnSports.com. That's TheGrindOnSports.com. Hey, sports fans. Ever thought about having your own sports radio show? Ever thought you could do as well as those so-called experts? Now's your chance. Call 724-1100 or visit our website at WKBL.com to learn more about this exciting opportunity. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 
or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the Property Squad studios at WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Hump Day edition of the Grind, where we're 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 a little bit in Super Bowl mode. I mean, it's Super Bowl week. I mean, I think that's a good place to start is uh, in Super Bowl mode. But uh, yesterday we kind of kicked off the the Super Bowl discussion as we talked about the top five Super Bowl quarterbacks of all time. Myself, Jeff McIntyre. Kind of split on it. He had Tom Brady number one. I, based on Peyton fandom loyalty, put him at number two. Uh, Put Tom Brady at number two. Joe Montana, number one. Uh, Got a little flack at work for that, but uh, at the same rate, uh, I I asked them their their top five, and and we went from there. So uh, I think it's, it's one of those deals where you can go a lot of different ways. Uh, and, and it's a fun discussion to have, but the hundred years of the NFL, uh, and I think it's always a good point to bring up lists because, uh, that, that's how it goes. But, uh, today we'll be running backs, kind of the dirty yards of the Super Bowl, and see what, uh, what everybody's thinking about that. Again, if you have an opinion, uh, got, got a, either a guy that I'm not putting on the list or, or you don't like my order. Uh, give me a call, 865-983-4310. Again, that's 865-983-4310. Uh, Jeff McIntyre texted me, said he's probably going to call in here in just a few minutes when he gets on his way uh, to the daily grind. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. My number five is John Riggins. John Riggins uh, in, in in Super Bowl uh, looks to be 27. Uh it says Riggins doesn't own the record for most rushing yards in a Super Bowl game anymore, but he does hold the record for carries in a game uh, at 38. He played a huge role in uh, delivering Washington's first Super Bowl trophy, and Riggins racked up a then-record 166 and rattled off a 43-yard touchdown run to put the game away as the Redskins beat the Dolphins 27-17. to I think when you, uh, you, you know, when you look at it, uh, that just doesn't happen anymore. The reason I like that one is, is if you look at it, if you look at it, it it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, uh, I guess, look at it from a standpoint of, of somebody touching the ball 38 times anymore. You, you know what I'm saying? So in, in the fact that, uh, that, that he's going to, going to be there. And that he's going to touch it 38 times, uh, you know. I I don't know that that I'm interested in 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 doing that. I don't think that there's any there's any running backs in the league that want to do that right now. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I just don't think people are interested in, in 
and hitting it that hard. By the way, I said 26. I meant or 27. I meant 17. Super Bowl 17. As uh, as John Riggins uh, rambled off uh, for 38 carries, 166. I just think you don't touch it that much anymore. And the fact that on the biggest stage at the biggest time, uh, those those skins went to Mr. Riggins and said, "Listen." You're going to carry this thing. Because in the grand scheme of things, you know, put it in perspective, offensively, more times than not, and I can double-check this stat, more times than not, you don't have but about 60 plays on offense any given any given football game. That's a good Peyton, uh, good Peytonism because he said don't waste possessions because you normally only have about 60 of them in a game. So the fact that they let him take care of the workload – 38 times. That's why John Riggins sits at my number five. Number four, you know, I think you can go a lot of different directions uh, and, and, and try different things. And, and and you can go old, you can go new. Hold on, Jeffy Jeff's trying to, trying to give me a call. Let me try to switch the number here. 865. Give me just one second. Oh, one, nine, eight. But here's here's the big deal, Leo. Here's the big big deal on on this whole thing. I I couldn't go without using yardage and carries because I feel like on the biggest stage you've got to kind of kind of bounce this thing around and, and go that way. And I'm gonna try to see if Jeff can get in so that we stay on uh, stay on track with where his list sits. I will. We'll uh, we'll come back to it, but my my number five is Roger Craig, and I think that's that's an interesting one because because of who's playing in the Super Bowl right now. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, who's playing in the Super Bowl right now? The Niners and the Chiefs, and Craig was a a Niners running back. Uh, he he played in Super Bowl 19, uh, Super Bowl 19, and and Craig slipped just ahead of his 49ers counterpart Waters. Uh, as he had slightly more productive game, uh, rushing for 58 yards, catching seven passes for 77 yards. But like Waters, Craig was very versatile and was perfect for the Niners' West Coast offense. Uh, and it never showed to be more truer than in those playoffs. And, and, and it was even more evident against the Dolphins as he tallied three touchdowns in their 38-16 to victory. Here's the deal. You know, it's all about what kind of offense they run and, and how you do things. But I, I think if you're a counterpart in in the same very same deal in, in the same Super Bowl, uh, and you're still you're racking up more than more than 125, 130 all-purpose yards, you're a pretty big deal. Uh, you're you're a dynamic piece of that offense. And Roger Craig, you just you remember like when you go to saying who's who's that bruiser, who's that guy that you're like. You don't want to get in front of to try to tackle. Roger Craig's one of those guys, but uh, but it, it it's it's one of those that this list was maybe a little more difficult for me than the quarterback position because you had to kind of dig a little stat line because a lot of times if a team wins, well, did they come from behind? Well, if they did, a lot of times that's throwing the football. So with the with the running back position, I had to dig a little deeper, had to look a little little broader uh, in this grand spec, but. Uh, but I'm going to see if I can't get take a break, listen to these fine sponsors, and, and see if I can't get Jeffy Mack on the line. But uh, we'll, we'll take a break, and we'll come back. You you listen to five and four. Don't miss the top three running backs of Super Bowl history. I'll be right back. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Keep your feathered friends fed this winter with suet cakes at Assorted Bird Seed from Rule King. With over 10 flavors of suet plus for 69 cents each or your choice of bird seed cakes for $4.99, Rule King is your source for bird supplies. And have you heard the buzz? Bees are coming back to Rule King. Book your live bees at RuleKing.com and see the full selection of beekeeping supplies at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Then call the only realty team I trust, the Property Squad. When I moved into the area, they sold my old home in 13 days and got me the greatest price on my new home right here in Maryville. Specializing in Blunt Knox and surrounding counties, Deborah Welly, Sherry Paul, Keith Paul, Bill McLean, and Tressa Lickwire make up the dream team of Property Squad and are always working to make the home buying process quick and easy. When it's time to buy or sell a home, remember to call my team, the Property Squad. For more information or to speak with an agent, call 865 865- 983-0011 or visit propertysquad.com. A new decade is beginning, and as you consider donating your gently used clothing, furniture, and household items, please remember CARM stores. Your donations allow CARM to continue providing shelter, meals, job training, and programs to those in need in our community. And you can donate at any CARM area store location. Plus, you can even schedule a pickup at your house. Knox Area Rescue Ministries. Because of you, lives are being restored. In Jesus' name. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the Property Squad studios of WKVL. And Rocky Top Sports. Well, I guess the break didn't fix what I needed to fix because still can't get the phone line uh, to click right in. But we're gonna try. We're gonna try a little bit of a of a a different method uh, to try to get get Jeff Mack on the phone. But uh, we're gonna try it this way. Jeff, you're on the grind, talking a little bit about Super Bowl running backs. I've given uh, Roger Craig at number four. And and John Riggins at number five. What what do you say, brother? I, when it comes to running backs, it, it's hard not to look at their top performances 
because you you have these guys that can do the, the kind of flash in the pan kind of thing. Um, looking at it, it, I can't say that I've really got a top five because it, a lot of times when you get into the Super Bowl, everybody's trying to score points fast. You don't really see a lot of clock milking. Um, so it. I, it's hard to say a four and a five. I mean, I guess you got to go. Uh, Roger Craig definitely has to be there. Um, I, I'd probably go Emmett Smith. I think Emmett Smith's probably be my number four. Um, I mean, I like where you you put in, Emmett's on my list. He's just a little higher on the list. I, and, and you know, it's hard to to kind of kick those guys around because you know you look at it and you say, you know, it's just like my five and four. So I went with Riggins just because I love the fact that he carried it thirty eight times. You know, I just feel like on the biggest stage to be able to handle it that much, that really speaks to the belief that was in him uh, from his coaching staff, from his from his teammates. But then, but then on the flip side. Oh, Roger Craig, he was just a dual threat guy. He was a he was a an inside out guy before that was a thing. And uh, you know, he caught some passes out of the backfield and, and, and then also ran the football. But he was kind of a one two punch there uh with Waters that, that really really kind of changed the dynamic of that offense. But but my number three is is a Bronco connection. Shocking, I know, right? But Terrell Davis. Uh I've got Terrell Davis at, at uh at Super Bowl 32, uh, he, it was it was for his toughness. I mean, arguably, uh, he could have been put a little higher on this list, but uh, to me, you know, I, I've got some multi multi winners, you know, uh, above him, and then I've got some guy that uh, that still holds a, a record in the game. So I, I think that's pretty pretty dynamic. But I think you look at it that postseason for Terrell Davis was something special. And then I think I think ultimately being able to to help John Elway win another Super Bowl, help him win two there at the end of his career, uh, 157 yards on three touchdowns, uh, three touchdowns, three zero the number. I mean I think it just fits. Yeah, I don't disagree. He he's on my list as well. Um, I've just got him one higher as well. Uh, my number three is uh, Marcus Allen. Um, Marcus Allen, he, he's one of those names that I definitely remember playing. I can't say that I remember a whole lot of his body of work. Um, and to me, that's kind of where that's where I put him. Where I put him is I wouldn't say that he's a flash-in-the-pan kind of guy, but at the same time, compared to my two and my one, that's kind of where he slips to on my list. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Jeff. I, I kind of, I've got you. When you create the rules, uh, you get to change what you need to change, right? So I couldn't split a couple of them. So I've got like a a two A and two B coming up. So just just so you know. But uh, but but I, you know, I like I like your your spot with Marcus Allen because I mean he's a great he's a great running back all the way around and 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 honestly he's he's a he's a two A two B guy. On my list, you know, I like Marcus Allen. I think when you rush for 191 yards, two touchdowns, and your team wins 38 to nine, I mean, obviously you were a big part of that. One of those oh, being yeah. a 74-yard, just explosive run that that pretty much 
uh, I don't want to say sealed the deal because I think when it's 38 to nine, you've sealed it a lot. But I, I think I think you know when you have a breakaway run like that in the Super Bowl, it sits there and you're like, "This is it. You're done. See you bye." Yeah. And 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 my two my two B and and you could put A and B on whoever you want to is Emmett Smith. Uh, you know I think when you go. You win three of these things. You're the all-time leading rusher in the history of football. Uh, and then you also tallied up 30 carries, 132 yards, and two scores just in your, your Super Bowl 28 appearance in 1994. I think that puts you in a, in pretty high company. And, and I think, oh, yeah. you know, another one of those things is is he was a catalyst. I mean, he's he's what got them there, and then that's he's who got them through because as you look at it, uh, you know, he, he got a championship over the Bills, but he was also named the game's MVP. And, and that's one of the few on this list that can say they did that. Yeah, I, it, he definitely is deserving. There's no doubt. Let's see, so you just listed your twos. My two actually is your guy, Terrell Davis. And, and the reason I put him at two is because we talked about this yesterday a little bit with Elway. That touchdown run is just burned into my brain and just showing how tough he is. And and it's kind of the same thing with Terrell Davis. You know, he, he got them two in a row and it just showed a ton of grit. And for me, that that sticks out because when, when I hear the Broncos, I immediately think Elway and Terrell Davis. I don't think about really anybody else. Maybe Shannon Sharp's up there, but for the most part, it's, it's Elway and Terrell Davis. And you, you look at some of these other guys on our list, some of them, you know, even even down the list, some um, may not have been there a bunch of times or maybe have only been there once, but to be there back-to-back, I think that has to say a lot about how you performed and being able to get your team there and then get the win also. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, lo- I love those points. And it was funny, as soon as I said Terrell Davis yesterday, you did the salute. I was like, you know, when you're when you're uh uh when you have that kind of fixture there, I think that's a that's a pretty big deal. But but you know, it, it's funny, you know, I I've went on all these accolades and everybody we've mentioned has been like household names during their time. Right, you, you know, everybody I think we've said at, at some point was either, you know, they were either college greats or they were professional greats. And and, and and I'm about to, like, wreck that whole mantra with who my number one is. Probably me, too. And and I think I think we're on the same page. Timmy Smith, Washington Redskins, Super Bowl XXII. Uh, it, it wasn't that he it was great for the whole season. It wasn't that he was really good in his career. Honestly, the, the reading that I did about him said he never amounted to much of anything in the NFL. And I think you have to be pretty well flatlined before that comment will come out. But because he made uh, a big-time showing at the biggest moment, he became my number one. Spith is a no-name, basically, who came out of nowhere to drop a Super Bowl record that still holds to today, 204 yards rushing against my Broncos. Uh, And he played a huge part in the Redskins' magical 35-point second quarter and eventual 42-10 thumping of then Denver Broncos. I think it was the uniforms that, that held the Broncos back, just to be honest with you. The fact well, that, that only one of Smith's runs went for more than 50 yards is, is also impressive uh, for this big, big, uh, big, big, big milestone. 
Oh yeah, and that and that's you know, you make the comments. You didn't do much after, but on the biggest stage for at least one night, he did it all. And for him to do that, you know, you you have to give him recognition for that. So it, for him, I think he has to go there. He's got a record that still stands. Probably will for a long time to come, just because of the way the league is going too. Yeah, I think I think barring you know like a breakaway Super Bowl, you know like a you know something that just clock management becomes the whole second half mantra. I, I just don't think anybody's going to touch it enough times, or the de- the opposing defense is going to be that bad to to hold somebody uh, to to that kind of standard. I mean, two hundred four yards, even if somebody could score that much, if you're it, in today's NFL, if they're up that much, they're playing the water boy just to get those guys out there. Yes, exactly. But uh, but Jeff, I, I think when you look at this list, uh, it, it's one that you could uh, you could go a lot of different ways. You know, honorable mention I think needs to go out to Franco Harris, uh, Jamal Lewis, and, and different things like that. But I think there's there's a lot of different ways uh, that you can you can twist this thing. And, and find out that uh, that you could or could not uh, go a lot of different directions. So I, I again, I think I might have lost Jeff on the call, but uh, a lot of good, good, uh, good discussion and a lot of good, uh, good people uh, that we talked about. Again, recap the top five: Timmy Hill or Timmy Smith, number one. My two A two B: Marcus Allen and Emmett Smith. My number three was Terrell Davis. Mr. TD, and my number four was Roger Craig, and number five was John Riggins. John Riggins of the Redskins Super Bowl uh, 17, uh, Roger Craig Super Bowl 19, uh, Emmett Smith, the the one that I'm, I'm keying on, the 30 carries, 132 yards, and two touchdowns would be Super Bowl 28, but that was part of a three-year stint where the Cowboys kind of dominated Terrell Davis, Super Bowl 32. Marcus Allen, Super Bowl 18. And then Timmy Smith, Super Bowl uh, 22. So, uh, again, uh, you, you love what you what you get out of uh, these things and, and how you can, you know, how you can look forward and be happy about it. Uh, but running backs in the NFL are a big deal. I mean, ask, ask, uh, ask Beast Mode. Ask Marshawn Lynch. Uh, how big a yard is. Uh, ask Pete Carroll maybe is a better person to ask how big a yard is. You need a good running back to do the things that you need to do to win the big-time games. And and those guys, my top five, did that for their team and did it at the biggest stage and won their Super Bowl. So, uh, again, top five running backs today. We'll go to wide receivers, tight ends tomorrow. And, again, call in and give us your opinions. It's 865-983-4310. And we'll talk about it again tomorrow. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. 
They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Spring fishing is upon us. I'm Don King for your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, reminding you to schedule some time to unplug and spend a day outdoors. Take someone you love to one of the many beautiful fishing spots we've been blessed with here in Tennessee. Visit tnwildlife.org to find one near you. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Then call the only realty team I trust, the Property Squad. When I moved into the area, they sold my old home in 13 days and got me the greatest price on my new home right here in Maryville. Specializing in Blunt, Knox, and surrounding counties, Deborah Welly, Sherry Paul, Keith Paul, Bill McLean, and Tressa Lickwire make up the dream team of Property Squad and are always working to make the home buying process quick and easy. When it's time to buy or sell a home, remember to call my team, the Property Squad. For more information or to speak with an agent, call 865 865- 983-0011 or visit propertysquad.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8:50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the Property Squad studios at WKBL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Hunt Day edition of the Grind, Wednesday edition right here in the WKBL studios. But, uh, but you know, we, we talked to Jeff about the top five running backs, and, and again, sorry for any technical difficulty. Sorry, hopefully it came through on the listener side of things, but, uh, but we'll try to get that worked on today. But... Uh, a little bit of uh, homecoming news uh, to talk about here at the end of the show. Jay Graham is uh, is former Texas A&M running backs coach, new Tennessee running backs coach, uh, is set to fill the job left vacant by David Johnson's departure to Florida State. And a homecoming of sorts as, as Jay Graham not only was an elite running back that, that played at Tennessee, but also coached here back in the Derek Dooley era. Uh, his exit proved to be maybe a warning sign, a smoke signal, if you will, on the downfall of that coaching staff, and uh, and he has made his return uh, 
to Knoxville. A report by by Volquist says Texas A&M running back coach and co-offensive coordinator uh, will leave his current job to join Jeremy Pruitt in Knoxville. Uh, again, he will be backfilling David Johnson's spot, uh, and, and but he has connections uh, that should bode well uh, for recruiting and for development here at Tennessee. Uh, the obvious connections, Graham's playing career as a member of the Tennessee football team from 93 to 96. Uh, he still ranks sixth all-time in rushing and is fondly remembered by fans who watched him, uh, you know, basically develop the era that is known as the Tennessee uh, glory days of the 90s. Uh, he was previously on Tennessee staff during the 2012 season, and it, Graham's hiring makes even more sense considering who he's replacing. Uh, Graham and Johnson are very similar coaches who bring virtually the same exact strengths to the table. Both are well-known for recruiting and the ability to pull kids from basically anywhere in the South. As coaches, they're respectable. Uh, there's nothing too difficult about coaching running backs, so the recruiting is what you focus on as you move on. The continuity should be should not be overlooked. Uh, he, he was actually with Coach Pruitt at Florida State, so he's he's actually been around Coach Pruitt, uh, and, and I think it's uh, it's also pretty impressive that Pruitt seems to be flexing what muscle he has when it comes to hiring who he wants to hire. Uh, he he has he has convinced coaches from Georgia, A and M, and Alabama to leave and come to Knoxville. I love to hear that, and the way that's being said, it's a good sign that Tennessee's brand is is gaining strength and that Pruitt has the connections to build something in Knoxville. The lone remaining spot is the one left vacant by Kevin Scherer, uh, left to take the job with the Giants. But I think it's interesting, as the title for Graham is unknown, I think it's interesting that he has ties uh, of being a special teams coordinator. Uh, that was That's a vacancy that was left open by Kevin Scherer. And, uh, you know, there may be some twists and turns as to how they look to fill this position. But I think Jay Graham, from a recruiting standpoint, with the uh, the kid out of Georgia, Evans, the running back uh, out of Georgia, I think he's a big get. Uh, Jay Graham and putting Evans right there because Jay Graham was his leading recruiter for A&M. So I, I think you know you kind of put two with one right there. I love the, the Jay Graham to Tennessee because now you have T. Martin. T. Martin and Jay Graham didn't play together per se. I mean, I think T was coming in as a freshman as he was going out. But you've got former Vols coaching now Vols. And, and I love that dynamic because, you know, you just can't – you can't reproduce the feeling of coaching for your alma mater. So so what, what Pruitt may not have in the fact that he played at, at, at Middle Tennessee and Alabama – and the fact that that he's he's learning Knoxville, he's learning being a Tennessee volunteer. Jay Graham and T. Martin can fill that gap. Jim Chaney even can help fill that gap because he was here before, loved it, left, realized the world wasn't the same, and made his way right on back to Knoxville. So I love that we're continuing to add pieces that love where they're coaching. And you know, I, I think sometimes you know. Uh, the old saying, you can't come home again. Well, well, Jay Graham left. And, and you know, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I was not happy with him when he when he exited Knoxville. And I'm like, you let us you, – you forgot about us. You let us go. But now hindsight, knowing what he left and where he went, you know, I think he went down there to Florida State, won a national championship, uh, went to A&M, and has done really well there and, and actually got the tag of, of co-offensive coordinator at A&M. So I love – 
you know, what he's doing uh, and, and that he's he's proven his grit even beyond leaving uh, the Derek Dooley staff, and now he's back a little bit more tooled. I think he's got a lot more recruiting under his belt. I think he's got a lot more uh, ebbs and flows. I mean, he's had he's had the likes of Davin, Dalvin Cook, uh, the, the likes of uh, Cam Akers, uh, and, and he's got a lot of pieces that he has helped develop, that he's helped recruit, and, and ultimately I think he brings all that prowess right up here to Knoxville. So I like having Jay Graham back on the staff. Who fills that linebacker spot? I don't know. Honestly, if you want to continue this trend of bringing guys home, go get Dale Jones from Louisville. You talk about a guy who will tell you how to how to play defense and how to play linebacker like you've never seen before with heart and toughness. Go get Dale Jones. He's at Louisville. Go get him. I'll be the first to advocate that. Get him down here. You won't you'll you'll see Coach Boone over here which he's not in here with me this morning, but you'll see Coach Boone. You, you'll you'll be able to feel the smile through the microphone if we get if we get Dale Jones to come back to Tennessee. But no no reports of that's happened. But but you know, like I said, would anybody be mad about it? I, I don't think so. So we'll see. I don't know how, how what the recruiting prowess is because that obviously is the that's the first question on your resume when it comes to Coach Pruitt. Uh, how good can you recruit? So. Uh, we'll see who backfills that linebacker spot, but uh, Jay Graham returns home uh, to coach the running backs there at Tennessee. Title has not been announced, but he is signed, sealed, and delivered. He is now a coach for Jeremy Pruitt and the Tennessee Volunteers. But today's been a, a wild and, and crazy day, about a minute to go till the till the top of the hour. Don't miss in what is a local block right here on WKVL, your source for sports right here in Blount County. Uh, Jason Swain and the Swain event. Also, uh, don't forget uh, the the Blunt Broadcasting Rivalry Series will rekindle here in just a couple weeks as Alcoa and Maryville will rematch on Valentine's Day night uh, right here on WKVL Sports and also on our sister station, WGAP. Myself and Jude Ellison will be on the call. You don't want to miss it because it's, it's, it's a fun take because Jude calls one side and I do the other. And, uh, and we both get really involved and really excited as the game progresses. But I uh, want to thank all our sponsors, Mortgage Investors Group of Maryville, Donna Cry and her team, also with the Property Squad with Realty Executives. That's Deborah Whaley and her group of great realtors. And then also want to thank the Party Pub as they have been a per- perennial sponsor here on the grind since day one. And want to thank all those for doing just that. But uh, don't miss tomorrow's show as we talk wide receivers and tight ends in Super Bowl eras, the greatest that was, the top five of my list. And also, I'm sure we'll talk it all on uh, uh, looking into to what games are coming up, what the weekend holds, and all other news in sports. But we'll do it all tomorrow. We've run out of time. But, hey, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.